Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host this evening. Just a quick one before we start, uh, please give us a like, subscribe, and as you can see with our banner at the bottom, you can join our membership page for just a pound a month to get all the content from us, um, the daily news show, and all our extra sh- shows. So um, for a pound a month, it's uh, it's definitely worth it, but, but I'm, I'm biased. But uh, let's, let's get to uh, the action then, and we've got a proper lineup tonight, starting with Colin. How are you, Colin? I'm good, Mason. I'm good, thank you. Um, nice to be back on in the, in the guest seat. So as um, I'm in charge of the comments tonight, so any wider comments, um, slagging my hairline, which we got last week, um, <laughs> I probably won't block you. I probably will just share it and you know leave the pod. But um, no, good to have you on and evening, Scott, evening, listeners. What's up, man? I also got Scott. Hey, Scott. Aye, not bad at all, Mason. Not bad at all, mate. How's your sale, all right? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Better, it feels better. Uh, all these podcasts, we're, we're winning games. It makes it a lot better. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> but let's get let's get on to the game uh, last night. Then, Colin, um, the, the starting eleven. We've obviously been doing that on uh, on Twitter. Uh, the, the, the the eleven predictor, um, and uh, I think I think I'm right in saying. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I was the closest with it, with the predictions. The only one I did I got wrong was. Uh, uh, Butland was in for McCrory. Um I was actually quite surprised at that. I thought it was a perfect game to get um, McCrory in. But but apart from that, was there any others would have, would have started eleven that you would have uh, you know liked to see someone else in? Just on the the goalkeeping one, I've how often have I said in the pod that we need two able goalkeepers, we need two players for every position, and you only get a second able goalkeeper by playing them. Cup competitions are perfect. I'm, I'm gutted for Robbie McCrory there. Um, I would have liked to have seen him get regular game times. And we now know that going through into the next round, 
Easter Road would have been a difficult game for him. But um, other than that, I'm probably no too many surprises. Um, if I'm being honest, I thought I, I thought we would have rotated the midfield heavily or rotated the defence heavily. It would have been one or the other. So if we had maybe played like uh, Lundstrom, um, we might have seen Leon King get a game. But no, I think that. You can't you can't just play the B team in these types of games because you know the um those highlights reels of Scottish Cup um shots and we, we don't want to be winning them. So no too I think we found the right mixture of first team players and you know fringe players coming in. That's a big one, isn't it? We I think you're right there, Scotty, I'll bring you in on that. Uh, we don't want to make too many changes and then it sort of you know puts us out of rhythm. You wanna you wanna keep it keep us ticking over, but also give uh, players minutes. But just to, just on the McCrory one as well, I, I, was, I was really surprised by this in terms of listening to Clement um, a couple of weeks ago, but the window was still open and he said that he's, he's promised uh, McCrory game time. Now the window's closed, um, but then looks like he's going to get all the minutes. I, I'm a little bit disappointed with that. I, I said I know maybe I'm, I'm nitpicking, but I, I do like McCrory and I think that was a good chance. Probably the only chance now, if you look at the fixtures, where he would realistically going to get a you know, 90 minutes. Not that Robbie is going to win, but I'm going to say, but he's probably the most Rangers player I feel sorry for. I think the boy's been really, really hard done by. Um, knowing against him, Jack Butlin's obviously a better keeper. I think, obviously, we've looked at youth quite a bit in the pod. We've got an interview with RFC Youth Updates. Anybody that's on a Patreon should go and check it up. It's really, really insightful. Um, for me, I think this time next year, you're looking at whoever the second keeper is getting a run of games in the cup. I think Clermont's just been extra cautious this season because he's just in the door. He wants to progress in cups and knows he demands a support. I think once he's got this squad to where he wants it and how he wants the squad looking like, I think you're going to see more game time for Leon King, for example. King come on as a sub yesterday. I think he's somebody come on rates really highly. Probably going to get pilters in the comments for that, but that's uh, just the way I see it. And I think if Robbie, if Robbie McCrory's still here, and a bid comes in for Butland in the summer, you could potentially be looking at McCrory. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be used to be stepping up to the plate. McCrory could easily come in and be our number one. Um, it's well deserved. For him to get a number one spot for me, Mason, you need a, you need, it needs to be a story similar to Alan McGregor. It needs to be, you've got an ability and a slice of luck. And back in the day when Paulie Graham brought in Lino Lutizzi, somebody a similar, some, somebody a similar stature um, Jack Butland, it didn't work out for Latizia McGregor get his chance something like that needs to happen for McCrory to get the slot unfortunately but for me at least he should be getting cup matches but I think this time next year you'll be looking at more um, more minutes for youth players because I think the squad will be in a far better place than where it is now See you on that Mason, like Scott's likened it to Alan McGregor but I'd actually go further and liken it to Neil Alexander Neil Alexander was ready to be the Rangers number one because he had experience in high pressure games. Um, like Ranger, Neil Alexander was good enough to be a number one, but he just wasn't good enough to be a, a Alan McGregor. That's where we want to get Robbie McCrory to. Good enough to be a number one, but Butland is just better than him. And then when he does move on, I'd rather rely on the experience of playing in the high pressure games, playing in you know one-off knockout ties, and then when, like, if Butlin gets injured, like, God forbid, or if he does move on, we've got somebody ready to go. 
Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's going to be the big one, not just on goalkeeping, but but you know the squad in the summer, as Scotty touched on, I think we'll be in a lot better position this time next year. And if we do lose players, the players coming in are you know a lot better than, than what we're you know currently seeing. We're, we're doing okay at the moment, but I think we you know we all can agree there's there's room for improvement. Um, Scotty, the we I thought we started really well. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement to see Cortez and Diamande get their their first mm-hmm. starts, and uh, Cortez especially, um, he looked really lively. A um, little bit surprised that he's been playing off the left, and then again listening to Clement say that's his position. But again, this is why you shouldn't really uh, watch too much YouTube because uh, he looks like he's playing out there, you know, continue on the right, but understand him cutting in. And I think the more game time he gets, you know, he looks like a really exciting one. Aye, definitely, 100%. That's what I was, me and Colin were covering a pod on the Rangers assessment earlier on before we come on, and I really like the look of Colombian players coming into Rangers, Mason, because every single one of them's got the physique needed for a league. Um, I was I watched a couple of games kind of over the last few weeks, just when I'm bored, just while I watch a bit of football, I've tuned into some Colombian matches they passed, and they've, they're all ready-made for a league, and they've all got the, the technical ability as well to produce some... Cortez brings something completely different that we've not that we've not got. All we've got is pace to get in behind the defence in the wide areas to me. Cortez has got that, maybe not as fast as Matondo and McCausland, but he's got a wee bit more about him. He's got a better touch, he's got better dribbling, he's able to put a good delivery into a box. Um so I he looks he looks like a, like a really, really good player, but we also need to sit back and realise it was just a United he was playing, no disrespect, but it's a team for the level below is, and it should be looking good against the United. Yeah, definitely. Um, got to agree with that. And then, <clears throat> you know, as I, as I said, it was a perfect game for both of them to come. And I think Diamonde as well looked, you know, looked, looked decent, but obviously you could tell that was his first, you know, start in, I think, the middle of November. Uh, Colin, we got an early goal. And I don't want to be disrespectful here, but but the early goal kills the game for me. Um, we, we'll talk a little bit more about the performance, you know, throughout, throughout the show, but... Barisic gets it again. Scott Wright, uh, you know, I'll come on to him a little bit later. I thought he was really poor last night. He plays an excellent ball to Cortez and he has two bites at, at the cherry getting it over. And then Barisic, uh, my mate, um, who slams it in. Um, who, to be fair, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, bad at all yesterday. But um, yeah, in terms, of, again, I'd probably say with him, um, you know, set should be second choice now. Do you think, do you think that's fair? It's quite funny. I was channeling my inner Mason uh, yesterday and talking about Barisic playing yesterday to my to my dad and my mum who I went to the game with. Um, just saying, Yelma is undoubtedly the number one left back at Rangers right now, and they are very much um, in the Barisic camp. And then after about 10, 15 minutes of me on my tirade, Barisic pops up with a goal, didn't he? Um, but no, like credit where credit's due that he's. He's tend to finish well. I think it's it's a decent goal, and you know, yes, it is against Air United. But but Rangers fans, we get ahead of ourselves. It's allowed. No, I thought Barisic had a decent game yesterday. Um, and if if we're being honest, I think Barisic can do a job domestically and even in Europe. He's done all right in Europe um, at times over the last couple of years. The issue's been, and uh, you can copy and paste this conversation we've had about a number of positions over the last two years there's not been a good enough challenger there's no there's not been a good enough substitute for Barisic um or like 
Tavani or Golson, whatever, wants some any number of positions. We have that in Yilmaz now. Yilmaz is a better player. Barisic can't do a job when required, but we've it's good to see we're not over-relying on them now. Absolutely. And, and Scotty, um, I'll, I'll bring you both on this, but Scotty, I'll start with you. As I say, we're 1-0 up, you know, Barisic. And takes, it takes a while. The, the, big, the one for me is when Barisic shoots a lot, he, he leans back, but that one he manages to, to, to get his head over the ball and it, and right. it goes in and, and we're up yeah. and running. But not long after that, it was a, there's been a talking point with, with the Connor Goldson tackle. Um, I think it was about just over 20 minutes in. Um, I think the air player does him a favour personally by, by standing his feet and, and, and the game goes on. Um, it doesn't go back to, to VAR. Again, I think it's more the fact that the air player um, plays on. But what, what was your thoughts on that? Was you a little bit worried that, that it was going to go to VAR and there could be a potential, potential red? I only say it because I think some of the tackles that players are getting sent off, as we see uh, midweek with, with Sterling, you just don't know what what's going to happen. I just thought it was a, it was a little bit of a, a silly tackle from Goldson, if I'm being honest. Aye, firstly, shout out to player for playing football properly. There's not enough footballers that play football properly these days in my eyes. Um, a tackle in today's game could have been a red eye. There's a good case for it. But thankfully, because of the inconsistency of the refereeing in this country, uh, well, they call them seeing it differently to what the referee Wednesday night did. So, I, to me, if I'm being honest, it's one we got off with, going by the tackle from Wednesday night. But as I say, he's fair play to the boy for United for, for trying to stay on his feet. Absolutely. And how many times do you see it where a player, first thing they get a bit of contact, they're, they're going over, they're, they're getting players sent off. So, yeah, I think I think I agree with you, Scotty, there. Colin, what, what, you got any different thoughts on that, do you think? Is it different? Scott might know, like, um, like being a greener boy, what I'm talking about here, Mason, you're the, you're the, the big city, you know, with your caviar and sandwiches and that. <laughs> we used to play Chappie, right, Mason, that's Chapdoor Runaway. And didn't matter, but we used to, it'd be different stages, so you'd chap the door and bolt it, but then the next bit, you'd chap the door, wait five seconds, then bolt, then wait a wee bit longer. You know, see who had the most balls. I feel Connor Golson's playing this game with his red cards. He's seen how much he can get away with. He's seen how, like, I, honestly, I think um, that's the last two or three games. If we're going to criticise referees, we need to criticise the both ends. Um, with the silver goal, I thought he had high, high studs. I thought the first handball against Aberdeen, I'd be streaming for that. If that was me, and for this, if that happened to a Rangers player, I'm calling for a red card. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to end up in fucking Kerrydale Street here, isn't um, Just like even a Rangers man saying it, but no, for me, it's, it's a red card. I think um, it starts with, it starts with Golson's poor touch, which I think is the, the bigger issue for me as well. He's, he's not been great. He has been a bit... He has been a bit careless um, in general in his play, um, which is probably the more concerning part. I've got to agree with that. I, I think uh, Golson, again yesterday, was, I think if you're in a better sort of opposition, there's a chance of getting caught out. I thought it was a really poor touch. Um, didn't think he was great again Wednesday night either. Um, and I think John Suter does really, really well, by the way, to cover him and uh, and recover the ball. And he's done that quite a lot lately. Um, Scotty, the rest of the the, the first half, we, we huff and puff, and I thought 
I, I, I'll come on to it now. Actually, I'm going to touch on it. I thought I thought Raskin was was quite poor, and I think he's he's been poor um, since he come back from injury. And I know sometimes it can take you know it can take a good three, four, five games before you get getting your stride. And, but I just think he's been playing really safe since he's come back from injury. And I think that first half yesterday, um, no one apart from Cortez really was 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 willing to go and beat a player and make that happen. We know Ryan Jack's one of them players as well that he's neat and tidy, keeps things ticking over, but. You need someone to be a little bit more adventurous with the passes, and and I was really disappointed with Raskin there. I think if you if you're asking me, you know, that was a chance for him to to, to really stamp, you know, his authority in terms of the starting shirt, and I, I don't think he did. Yeah, I'm happy you asked me that to be honest with you, Mason, because I'm Nico Raskin's biggest critic just now. Um, personally, I don't know if anybody in the comments can tell me what they think that Nico Raskin as a football player offers to Rangers football club. Because to me, he's showed it in two matches, and one of them was a preseason friendly against Newcastle, where he got the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, rumours after Eddie Howe was asking Michael Beale about him, and then it was Servet away the second half again. He really got a grip through the midfield. He's not, I know he's coming back for injury and stuff like that before I get pilters in the comments, but at the same time, if you look at his performances overall, I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm not quite sure what his best role is in this team yet for a player that's come in with he's been held in such high regard since he signed he's he's went missing in old firm matches he's um he's went missing in games in general he tends to play it safe and he because he's got a he's got a bad a danger of becoming hidden in football matches for me. Um if there's if there's a player in there, the right guy to get it out he's he's lucky for Philippe Clement's the manager. A club just now because come on, we'll get the best of any core asking. There is potential there, but I can't put my finger on where the potential is. I'm just going by the hype that was, I think, I think the Rangers support as a fan base. We all bought into the hype when Nico Raskin signed, but if you actually sit back and watch him as a bigger picture, I mean, when's he get money? When's he ever won a money match award? When's he ever, me and Colin were discussing, he's a. His interview earlier on where he got asked if he was interested in a move to EPL and he said, yeah, obviously the the headline and stuff's been changed around a bit, but Raskin, I just see M. Ward saying Jack's an empty shot. Raskin's been an empty shot for the best part of his sign, to be honest with you. And I think that now that we've got Dujon Sterling, John Lundstrom and Tom Lawrence is even playing ahead of him in that role, you've got to wonder what, what the future actually holds for him. Do you know what I mean? I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Scotty. Colin, I'll, I'll bring you in on that. What's your, what's your thoughts on, on Raskin? Do you think that's fair? There's, there's a little bit of obviously mix in, in the comments. I want to disagree with Scotty, but I don't really have any evidence to present um, because he, he's right. Um, I think I think we need to be fair on both sides. Um, his, his defenders are going to say he's just coming back from injury, but we need to point out, this has been for the start of the season. For the end of the last season, he's been subpar. His critics saying that he showed nothing. We did see glimpses, no, more than glimpses. Him and Cranwell really changed their midfield the first couple of months um, of 2023 in January, February. I really liked Rashid. I'm holding out hope. You know, um, I'm a bit naive when it comes to Rangers players. Um, up until the you know, drop kick Broxy Bear. I'm still holding out hope that they're going to come in and do as a turn. But 
it's, it's too small a sample for Nico Rassin. Um, I think we need to get over that first couple of months and start looking at what we're seeing straight. Um, he's he's not shown enough. Um, I do wonder if there's maybe still that question mark over what his best position is because he's played some really good games as a number six, really good games as a number eight. The number six jersey is John Lundstrom's right now. Tom Lawrence, I think, is probably him or Dijon Sterling are probably these shouts for number eight. So the problem with Rashin is he doesn't get the luxury of getting two, three, four games to get himself up to speed because there's some excellent, excellent players in front of him. Um, I think there is a player there. I think there's a lot of potential there, but he just has to start. Um, he has to start harnessing that into performances. Colin, do you think that? The kind of the rearrival of John Lundstrom or the reemergence, whatever you want to call it. Do you think that's got something to do with, with Raskin's? Do you think he's overshadowing Raskin with how well Lundstrom's playing, maybe? That's what I'm saying. I think um I think Raskin was maybe moulding into the number that number six role, but probably more I can't know how Stephen Davis played it as to John Lundstrom. You know, you can get more than one type of player playing the, the same position. So I find the fact that we tried Rashin a wee bit further up um, in the number eight. I think that might have. I think that might be part of it. You might be right, but we can't just no play the performing player because we hope some the non-performing player grows in there. My my problem with Raskin is, and to be honest, my opinion of him probably has changed wrong wrong or rightly because of the comments he made about. As Scotty said, they're you know playing, wanting to play Premier League, and I think he, he named Chelsea. We've got no problem players coming to us wanting to to do that, but you need to put the hard graft in, and you need to make you know make that happen. You can't just expect it to happen and just put in half-assed performances and, and 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 expect it to sort of fall into place. You need to prove that you're a good player and, and win stuff for us first, and, and do you talking in the pitch if you like. And um, he's just not he's not backing it up and. What I've seen so far, I think I think Scott is right. I think the the preseason game against Newcastle in that second half, I think we've all come up and we've won to watch it, um, but we've seen absolutely nothing, um, and, and I mean nothing really since. So it's down to him, you know. He, he's got, I think he got four five year contract, so um, it will be down to him, and, and you just got to trust the manager on these things. If players are not pulling their weight, it'll it'll um, it'll replace them. So, see, uh, see, be, see, be honest with you, Mason. See if he gets that kind of. Like, I want to say, put, puts his builder cut on, just gets throws his seventy tackles and takes charge a wee bit more in midfield. Nobody will complain, but there appears to be a certain lack of effort coming. Yeah. Feel me, that's that's worrying me to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, Scott. And it's the same thing that I think the the, the game he played at East Road the first half. It's even that that the passes he's making. It's all too safe. It's all too. It's someone that that I don't know if it's a confidence thing or it's just someone that wants to do. To me, I, I said at the time, it's bare minimum. Just doing it, you know. I, I, I don't. I don't like to see that. But it will be down to, to Raskin to, to to prove that. As I said, I'm not. We're not the only ones saying that tonight. I think there was a, a majority of the support have been saying it. So um, that that will be an interesting one to watch. Uh, Colin, uh, what were your thoughts on Diamande last night? Um, already said last night. Um, sorry, earlier tonight that he's. It was his first game since mid-November, I think. So uh, it's, it's going to be one that, that takes a little bit of time. But but he showed some nice touches. 
and um, reminded me a little bit like Glenn Kamara. Um, but I just hope that he takes a lot more risk than Glenn, Glenn Kamara. He's he's got the the touch and the turn of Glenn Kamara, but he's probably got the athleticism of you know like a Ross McCrory, um, you know, strong, powerful runner. Um, you know, because he is a big bit of a boy, he puts his weight up. I thought, I, I did think he was maybe got to struggle with the physicality, but he seems to he seems to handle it quite well. Um, I like the look of him. Um, he didn't do anything to... Um, he didn't do anything not too outstanding, but it, it was fine. It's a, it's a hard game to judge him on. I just wonder, Mason, is he a number 10 or is he a number 8? I don't think he's I don't think he's a, a competitor for Cantwell. I think he is in the midfield alongside John Lonson. I, I don't know what I've seen so far. It is, it's a hard one to tell, Scotty. I'll bring you in on this. It is a hard one. We've only seen him, obviously, for, what, 10 minutes the other night against Aberdeen and then um, for, for an hour last night. And, and, and I'm not sure his best position is that is that number 10. But what he does give us is he's left-footed um, and it gives us balance. So if he does go and play in there and play it as an eight, you've got that balance, which I think, apart from Joe Rebo, when he used to play in there, I think certain games that really used to suit um, with, with, with having a left-sided player. Right. Um, it's going to be one, I think, I personally think it will be one more, we'll see the best of him next season. I hope I'm wrong and he hits the ground running, but I think this is a long-term signing rather than make an impact straight away in the next the next few few weeks. I think I'm probably going to see the best of Dia Monday when the split comes. The only reason I'm saying that is because he's not kicked a ball since November. So it's essentially two full months off, two and a half months, He's he's not been at his work, he's not been playing football. Um, I think it's going to take a wee bit of time to find him his role in the team because, as we've just touched upon, we're at number eight position. He's got Dujon Sterling, Rask, and Tom Lawrence seems to be a favourite in there just now. Um, so for me, it's about finding his best position and where he kind of slots in. If you're going to sign a guy for four and a half million, you need to try playing him every week. It's the only way he's going to develop. It's too big an outlay to keep him on the bench and whatever else that normally comes with, with settling in at a club. He obviously, he's obviously come in, he knows the demands of a club, um, he knows what's expected of him. He's got a nice touch, um, doesn't shock at a tackle. He's he's quite fast as well for such a big guy. I think he's I think he's going to settle in, but I think he's gonna he's gonna hit form in Kyle after the season, to be honest with you. I think that's when we're going to see the best of him because I think by then he'll have his position He'll be finding a wee bit of form. He'll be getting in his stride, and I think it's going to—he's going to come up trumps for us eventually. Yeah, I do. I do really like the look of him. I think I think he, he looks like a great good player, and, and and I think you've only got to look at the players that have come from North London and, and look what they've gone and achieved. So um, hopefully, we're going to get exactly the same with the Monday, Colin. Um, it wasn't again second half. There wasn't too. There's not really too much to discuss in terms of we was comfortable. Air didn't really look that threatening us. But again, I just thought we was a little bit too safe. That final ball just wasn't there. Um, can't really really think of too many chances. But the manager makes the changes, and Todd Cantwell I think wins the game for us here. Um, he's been playing really well lately. Um, he's one that we've been asking um, over the last few weeks to get, you know, add numbers to his game, which he's, he's managed to do. And, and I think that little bit of quality for him last night in, in, in the position he picks up, the first touch, 
and the ball in the box. Matondo should score. Uh, Fabio Silva does score, and it's the second goal for us. And, and again, I think he showed glimpses of what he's capable of as well. Todd Jamwell, um, he, he's done a bit of a 180 since that game against, was it Aris Wimassel, um when he played in the, the right wing? Um, it was probably, I think we feared the worst there. And let's not, let's not rewrite history. The games after that, he wasn't excellent either, even when he was getting played in the number 10. But since the turn of the year, um, I think Campbell's been excellent. He really has been. Um, I think you can see you can see the managers now understanding where Campbell can be most effective. But Campbell is now understanding how he can be most effective for the manager. Um, I mean, you'd still see Clement shouting to Campbell, like stay in the middle, stop drifting out wide because he doesn't quite have the discipline that we'd like. Um, you know. He's rushing into less lunges, getting himself less stupid bookings, but he does still, he almost tries too hard, Mason, at times when it doesn't go right, when the game's not going right, and he's like, a way to get the ball from left back or whatever. Um, but at his best, and we're seeing him at his best because the rest of the team are starting to perform as well, I think. I still think Campbell will always edge into that luxury type player where. To get the best out of him, you need a fully functioning midfield um, that are moving the ball correctly. But that's what he can do. Um, he is a game changer. Um, he's a moments player. He really is. Um, he's been having more moments and less of late, and long may it continue. Scotty, uh, what are your thoughts on on Campbell and, and Fabio Silva as well? I agree with Colin. Um, I, I think that's a really good point in terms of his borderline. Luxury, and that's that's not being negative towards Campbell. I just think it's the way he, he plays. But the, that position, and I think um, Clement's been the best, the best sort of person for him. It's just getting him on that half turn, and um, his decision making is improving. He's getting in positions where he can assist and score goals, and that's going to be only a good thing for us and Campbell. But I mean, is his is his decision making improving because he's improving under Philippe Clement, or? I mean, when Todd Cantwell signed in January last year, we thought, what a player has arrived. Is he one of these players that just tends to hit form a wee bit into the season? Is he that inconsistent that you only get him good for certain months of the year, um, but he can still contribute less effectively at the beginning of the season? I'm not saying he's not consistent, but what I'm saying is, is he potentially hitting certain levels at this is basically is this his time? Is January onwards his time to shine, rather than at the beginning of the season? Because he wasn't really playing much football at Norwich before he signed, and then he comes in and he's come in with a bit between his teeth. He's a point. He's the point to prove. Pep, but it has came a long way since Clement whipped him off in Europe at half time. Um, I was at that game at night, and I thought that might be the last time we see Todd Cantwell in a Rangers jersey. He's really his discipline has improved. Has um, he's not he's not picking up any daft fills anymore, but it's almost like I bring it back to his goal against Tibbs just before that. He's he's a wee bit hard done by. He picks up a groin strain and a couple of hip players basically put him put him put him on the floor and he trips their manager up and then he comes out. I I need to see that wee bit of anger in his belly a wee bit more amazing. Um because I think when he's fired up, you're seeing the best version of him. I think. 
this version's good and he's been effective and he's playing really, really good stuff. But I want to see him just, I want to see him being in the middle of controversy with referees and all that kind of stuff. Because I think if you take that away from him, you take away a, a, a side of his game that motivates him. Um, but for me, he's in a great vein of form just now. He's one of the best players of the team. I mean, he came in last night and immediately made an impact at touching the box and then basically chipped the keeper over to cause a ruckus in the box. Silva takes his finish really well. On Fabio Silva, I found Philippe Clement's comments on him really, really interesting last night. No, sorry, aye, aye, when he says he's my type of number nine. I want my number nine doing that. And me and you have been banging a Shanklin drum since January. I think that kind of puts us into a better place of the managers thinking where we're going, right, so he's wanting somebody that's got good out-of-box work for the likes of Campbell to run on in behind and to mix the, mix the play up, pull, pull defenders apart, create space. Um, um, I think Silva is absolutely loving being here, going by his press conferences, just he's enjoying his football and manager that says the managers gave him a certain degree of freedom. Um, I just wish we could keep him at the end of the season because what a player. What a player. I think we've got a really, really good player in my hands and he's going to be, I mean, Cantwell's going to be massive going forward in this title race. Scotty, I'll, I'll just stay with you again because we was on the pod, uh, the transfer deadline um, night and, and we was both really disappointed that we didn't go and get a, another striker. Um, still, um, personally, a, a, a little bit. But we then see Silva, I think the Livingston game was on the Saturday um, and then... Can't, or was it Hibs or the Hibs? I can't remember what it was, but he put on two really good performances. Still, still personally, as I said, I'm still a little bit worried about is he going to score enough goals? But as your as your opinion changed a little bit more in the last sort of three or four games since then, um, to to say, do you know what? I think I think Silva could 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 you know lead this line for us. Mm, no, not not at that skill because. Silva can play anywhere across the front line. He's not an out-and-out goal scorer. Collins touched on previous pods before about he would like to see goals coming from throughout the team. I think that's what the manager's looking for. But I would still like the likes of Shanklin because he's just that guy that can come up in the last minute, get you a goal. He's He's got good out-of-box work as well for Hearts. He's not, you can't just write him off because Silva's come in and had had a bit of an impact. He has. He's he's been brilliant for him in Silver, but we're a Silver injury away for a Dessers nightmare. I mean, if Dessers comes back in and he's not on form and he's a serial Dessers for the beginning of the season, then who you got up top? We're still really, really light. I mean, are you talking Rabbi Matondo plays through the middle? Like, what, what options are there? Zach Lovelace is coming back up. Might be one to touch upon. I see any comments. Everybody's Going on about Bojan Majowski. Bojan Majowski is going to be too dear for Rangers. He's going to be eight million plus add-ons easily because he's going to score goals under Neil Warnock for now the end of the season. Um, Shanklin does more in our price range because his contract situation and his age, unfortunately. And if I'm going to get hit with a, the 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 the, uh, the trading model stuff, then. You need so you need somebody that makes everybody else look good and that can finish his chances off and Shanklin can do that. So I'm I'm not putting my Shanklin drum down. I'm going to keep banging it. Um Silva, I think if he stays fit, I he can get us through to the end of the season to answer your question. But I still think we can be I mean we're a suspension and 
an injury away for an absolute disaster. Do you know what I mean? I'm with you, Scotty. I won't stop the, the shank and drum either. Uh, Colin, I'll bring I'll bring you in on, on this. I just, I just I only asked Scotty because I said we were evidently, you know, both of us uh, really disappointed on, on deadline night. I think one thing I would say about this Rangers team at the minute, and I don't want to get too carried away because if you'd have said to me when the manager came in, um, that would we, you know, we have a, a chance to go top on Wednesday night and we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. Um I wouldn't have believed you because the we we all agree we was an absolute bin fire. That team we watched out in Limassol that night, I was like, I, I you know, gutted. But one thing I would say about this this team is we're winning games, but I still think we're not clinical enough. Like, and, and that's that that would be my only criticism. It was the, the Livingston game the other week. We went three 0 up, I think, after fifty eight minutes, and we just. That that's that's that, that's still my worry. And I, I like Fabio Silva. I think he's a good player, but just that player that comes on that. Like, I think if Shankland plays last night, we win four or five. I, I do genuinely think that that ball's bounce around the box. He's going to smash it away. Um, but look, we can't get in this season. As, as I said, that that that's done. But what's your thoughts on on, on Fabio Silva? And 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 we can tell that he's a, he's a really good football player. But um, I think I think Scotty sort of answered it as well in terms of the number nine that Clement wants. And I think Silva's ticking all, all, all their boxes in terms of what he does outside the box and, uh, and his build-up play. We need to get ready, Fabio Silva. I've never come away for a game, checked social media and just questioned my love for the club. Disgusted, disappointed, shocked. Um, what he... His attempt at a tie... Just it's worse than the darkest days of twenty twelve. And I never want to see him on the Rangers jersey again, Mason. Nearly uh, as bad as his goal celebration. <laughs> um it's an absolute shocker. Um they make it worse the Mr. Rangers, as I call him, whoever runs the Rangers Twitter, put him next to Diamandi, who has a pristine wins or not. If MD doesn't think Diamandi gets it, fucking look at his tie. He gets what this club's all about. Fabio Silva has to learn, and he has to learn quickly. <laughs> On to the secondary matters of how, how he competes in the pitch. Um, Clement, obviously, you know, he's... Clement, obviously, was a long-term listener to Gallant Feud because I do think he likes to call him the duff mantra of goals for everywhere on the pitch. And when you do that, it's, there's the pros and cons of it. Um, you don't build around an out-and-out goal scorer, um, but you do you do lessen the reliance on key players, um, and I think that's what he's going for. I do concede to both of you that I think we need a poacher, a penalty box striker, and I know Lauren Shanklin and me obviously can do a wee bit more than that, but part of getting nine or ten players in double digits over the course of a season, you do need a goal, a poacher like that. Um, but that's going to be something that we need in the summer. Obviously, the, the manager wanted to prioritise midfield ahead of the striker. Um, Silva, I do think he's, he is very mobile. Um, he's he's off the ball running. And I don't know, this hasn't really been spoken about, um, probably because it's... You don't tend to get the products unless it comes off for a goal or um, an assist. But his movement off the ball, watch him. You know he's he's constantly dragging defenders away. 
you don't get the the credit for doing that all all day every day, but it's still a really important part of tiring the defenders out to bringing players into play. And um, he's very clever. He's a very clever. He's a clever, very clever guy. When he doesn't have the ball, we do need to be more clinical. We need him or Dessers. Even they don't need to be a two goal a game player. They just need to take at least one chance a game. We need a goal a game between the two of them. I think as a number nine, um, and then that's a fair substitute for trying to bring in goals for elsewhere in the park. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Definitely. Scotty, um, I want to put you on, a, on the spot here. I don't believe that we'd be able to sign Fabio Silva even if we wanted to uh, on a permanent basis. I don't think he'll be at Wolves next season listening to Gary O'Neill um, talk about how much they want to get a couple of strikers in and the fact that they didn't end up replacing Silva mm-hmm. and letting him go out alone. I don't see him a future there, but you know, we spent £35 million and there's no way that we're going to be able to pay a fee um, that that, that Wolves would like his wages as well. Um, but if you had the choice of, say if we could, if you had the choice between him or Simmer on a permanent deal, which one would you be, you know, like us to, to, to bring in next season? Fabio Silva, every day of the week. I think, um, look at Colin. <laughs> I think, uh, I think since Silva's been out, Robin Matondo's come in, he's getting numbers. I think we are we're then promoting our own player to potentially move on for a bigger transfer fee if we can keep producing. I think he's he's a good ball carrier, Matondo. I think he's getting in good positions to score goals. The thing he does need to work on though, and Andrew will hate me saying this, is his deci- his decision making the final third because if he could have put his another goal up against Aberdeen last Wednesday and his indecisiveness, he takes a bad touch and the ball kind of goes away from him, but that's for a manager to fix the training pitch. Um, I think we've got Cortez at left wing now. He's p- potentially going to be our player in the summer as well. Um, unless Sima can come in and come back in and maybe make the right the right mid-berth alone, his alone, then I would maybe change my mind. But for me, I would, I would need to go for Silver because of what I'm seeing from him up front. The deal... The SEMA deal would be easier to do, so if I'm being realistic, I'm taking SEMA. But if I'm wanting somebody for pure potential and profit for the trading model, I'm going to go with Silva because I think he's getting more about him in the forward role. I think um, 
Did he a deal with Wolves would be crazy. I think you would need to give them what a fifty percent selling clause or any profit or something like that for them to even consider it. I don't think Rangers have got the money for Seymour or Silva, and I think what we've done is bought time for Nils Coppin to get into his wee black book and find us a striker, basically on earth a gem. Someday, maybe if like a Finland league like when we went and signed Morelos, someday of that stature, I think is where Rangers are shopping. I don't think they're going to be shopping in the, the Fabio Silva or Abdallah Seymour market, unfortunately, because I think it's just too pricey. If we've got £8 million to, to spend in the summer, I would rather we go out and sign two or three quality players that can improve the lineup rather than spending it all on Seema. I think Seema's the more realistic one that we could get. Um, for me, Fabio Silva looks a lot more happy at Rangers for what I've seen in his press conferences and stuff like that and what I've read quotes and interviews and stuff. He seems to be really, really enjoying being here. Um, so I think for a player's perspective, he would want to move more. It's, let's be honest about it, lads. We're not we're not going to get any of them. If we get if we get Seema, then it's what a coup. But uh, wait, Silva's not even worth talking about in my eyes, to be honest with you, Mason, because I think it's just a couple of million too far for Rangers. No, I, I agree. I think you're you're spot on there, Scotty. I think uh, that's what I want us to do this summer. Uh, I don't think we're in the position to be able to go and spend seven or eight million on one player. The squad's not in a position where it needs one player or two players added to it. We're, we're watching right. a game like that where Scott Wright's still starting games for us. So until these players get replaced, then I'm sorry that it's not... It's not see, it's not see to be honest with you, Mason, see if you look at Seema's injury record as well, when he was at uh, Angers last year in France, he barely kicked a ball because he was injured most of the time. He's had that run of consistency at Rangers and then he's picked up an injury. So you've also, you also need to look that's a con against Seema. You need to look at that and go, right, well, he's the last two years he's played X amount of matches. Although he's been really good, as it worth the outlay, but if he comes in, picks up an hour injury again, then we're right back at square one. You need to look at the whole picture. Yeah. Colin, I'll bring you in on this. What, what's your thoughts? I know it's a, you know, maybe an unrealistic question, but if the money was there for either or, which one you you going for and why? And again, it's another one that's sort of split, split in the comments. You're right, and I, I put the I put a poll up on YouTube, and it's edging either way of fifty percent with Silva just getting the fifty five percent right now of the listeners saying they keep him, but I don't I don't see either. Just to echo what both you say, I think the minimum we get one of them from is eight million, and there's too much re- rebuild to continue with. And this squad to justify a million pound in one player. Um, but if we were to spend one, um, it's Abdallah Sima for me. I I get your, I get Silva's going to be maybe in five, six years' time, he's going to be the better player than Sima. But I think for the here and now, Abdallah Sima's been the best best outfield player for Rangers up until his injury. Um, he was the only one pushing Jack Butlin for player of the year. Um, he passes the eye test and he has uh, the assist and the goals to, to back it up. Um, he's, what we've, he, he's what we've he's what we've needed in the wide areas for a long, long time. Ever since Ryan Kent down tools. Um, and I think looking long term, which we need to factor in as well, we need 
for me, we always need three cycles and we need two, we need four wingers. If I look at going into the summer, we've got Dessers and Danilo are going to be here long term, both decent options. On the lines, we've got Ross McCausland, Rabbi Matondo, maybe Cortez, I, I think lightly Cortez. So it is down to do you, do you add Abdallah Sima as your fourth winger? Or do we keep Silva as your third striker? And I think Silva will be very, very similar to Danilo. And I'd rather, I'd rather your Portrush type striker, where you've got, you know, a target man and Dessers, somebody more rounded and with good movement like Danilo, and then a Portrush. That's my thinking. Um, but I bet your hand off for one and only stay past the summer, if I'm being honest. It would be interesting to see what happens and, and, and the, the talk coming from, I see an interview with Simmons, uh agent saying that this is the happiest he, he's been and, you know, uh, just to answer Curry's question there, with I don't see Wolves putting uh, Silver out on another year's loan. I think that that, that he's, what is this, his fourth, fifth loan. They're going to want to pull some money. They're in a, a bit of a, a bit of a state in a minute where they couldn't pay a four million fee to get... Um, from Chelsea so in talking about Premier League club not being able to so they're going to want to pull some money and they've, they've spent quite a bit of money over the years so I don't see a loan uh, in the summer happening um, Scotty just to sort of finish off in terms of the game last night um, it is it is one that I was thinking about leaving out of talking about uh, in tonight's pod but, but I think um, Scott Brown um, trying to stay uh, relevant uh, last night um, and it was like looking at a young uh, Neil Lennon on the touchline. Um, and it was his, his comments about thinking that Silva uh, should have been sent off. Uh, again, disagree with that one. I think the Golden one, I'll, I'll say the yeah, that potentially could have got him sent off. But they're no way they're both yellow cards. I'm not, I'm not agreeing with that. I, I think it's just Scott Brown being Scott Brown, to be honest with you. But I do think... Silva's second title as a as a yellow card for me, um, and then he's got a point when he's saying he wouldn't be on the park to score a second goal, but it's irrelevant because he stayed on the park, scored the second goal, we won two 0 Um, I it's it's hard because you don't know what's actually Scott Brown being. Honesty and his assessment of a match in what part of him is being biased because he's that much a prick to be brutally honest with you. That it's just he is what he is, and that's just he's always going to be to wind up when it's say I get promoted this season, he'll be at it again next year. It's just it's just the way it is, it's your relationship with him. He doesn't, we don't like him, and he doesn't like us. So, like I say, he's, it's, he's probably he's just at it, I'll be honest with you. He's just he's just wanting the rise. And, Stay right above it and not game it. He was that relevant. I think uh, Stephen Whitaker got more booze than him last night, Colin. But um, in terms of... Really so. Stephen Whitaker's a rant. A rat. <laughs> 100%. I, I can handle you talking about Scott Brown, but Stephen fucking Whitaker. Sorry, Mason, on you go. No, I'm with you, mate. I, I'm, I'm with you. But but just just, just to, to finish off, the, the silver two, two bookings, do you, do you think we... Well, potential... Uh, two bookings. The first one's never a booking, but I think Scotty does have a point. But the second one was we we lucky to get away with that again. Um, poor refereeing from from Colin. 
No, but I've see up until you said that. I've actually no thought about the the first booking could have went either way. It's probably a bit soft. For the second one, what we're talking about, that, that was definitely a booking. Um, so I was very much of the standpoint Silver should have been off. Um, but I'm very much just going on the second one as a second yellow. I think that one is a yellow. Um, no, no doubt about it. Maybe that's too many columns thinking where he thought he's maybe been a bit too harsh on the on the first one, but I think he's been lucky. I, I, I'd say from a Rangers point of view, um, if you're on a book and don't do something stupid like that, like that's I think first and foremost, um, Silva has to learn that because whether it's right, wrong, and different, that first one. Given the referee that decision to make in the second one, um, I'm quite frustrated that um, given we know the inconsistency of the referees up here, if he doesn't know that already, somebody has to tell him. Yeah, I agree, agree with that, Colin. And yeah, William Colin just isn't a good referee if we're being uh, brutally honest. Uh, Scotty, so we're through to the next round, quarterfinal, and uh, the draw today, and we get Hibs away in the, in the next round. I've seen quite a a few supporters quite disappointed with this and you know tough game and um normally you know it, <clears throat> i say normally with what with our record there over sort of the last couple of years has been really really good and i'm always a big believer in cup games yeah you want every game at home against you know anyone else but if you want to win the cup you've got to beat whoever you get in it and and, and to be honest hips away doesn't doesn't frighten me i think no. we, we've got more than enough to go there and and what the as we did, you know, two weeks ago. Be interesting because Neil Montgomery went with a midfield three against Celtic and they gave Celtic a decent match, but we're not Celtic, we're Rangers. So I fully expect us to go and dispose of hips just like well. We've scored seven goals and conceded none in our last two matches against them. Um I think that out of the, the draws we could have got, we could have went away to Celtic and away to Aberdeen. I think Hibs is probably the one you would want. I wouldn't fancy going to Tynecastle either. So I would take, I would have took it before I got offered it. I just, I'd have got feeling the day that we were going to get Celtic either at Ibrox or at Parkhead. So we'll probably play them in the semis or a, a cup final as usual. But I would fancy, I would fancy he's getting through to the semi here because we've shown in the last couple of matches we know what it takes to beat Hibs. So I'm, I'm Quietly confident about it, to be honest. Yeah, Colin, what, what's your thoughts on this? I, I don't know if <clears throat> you know you watched the game there. Scotty said that, that uh, Montgomery changed it a little bit the other night. And I did watch the game, but I still think they were just left wide open. Um, and and with you know, I think we've gone there in recent games, and they play like that. We're going to pick them off, and um, unless they make a managerial change in between that time, I think it's a tie that, that as I say, I expect us to. To, to come through it and, and get into the semi final. Sorry, Colin. Sorry, I uh, had myself on mute there. Um, it's a double edged sword. I think credit to to Hibs every time they play either side of the road from uh, Easter Road, they both try and take the game to them, they both try and have a go. Um, you know, and you know, you don't always see that. Um, I think for for us it will suit our game. Um, if we are playing the way we should be playing, I think it will open up. But I've given 
our inconsistency with a defence. Um, Colin Golson has had a couple of shaky ones. Um, a full batch can be got at. That's Tavernier Bazasic and Yilmaz. Um, no, I think as long as Rangers are on the radio game, and not even on the radio game, they don't need to. Rangers just need to be playing well. They don't need to be playing outstandingly and through the roof to go and get a result at Easter Road. But they can do stupid stuff if teams are going to try and attack them. You're on mute, mate. No, it's not. It's just following it up. Um, I think I marked my right hand so far. I think I looked today, it's all the away games domestically. Um, so that will that it, in between the two uh, European games. So uh, March is looking quite quite uh, tasty for us. So it'd be interesting to see how we um, you know, we come through that. That could be uh, March could be what what makes or breaks us in in this uh, league title. Um, Scotty, so going back to league games on on Wednesday night, it's our game in hand against Ross County, who just sacked well. Not sacked. Derek Adams resigns after twelve games. But um, before we talk about us, I do want to talk about Derek Adams because uh, I want to get both your, your right. thoughts on it. And uh, I've never—I think it was his second game uh, where he done that interview and he absolutely slated oh, yes. Scottish football. I've never seen a manager slate the league ever like that. That, that's 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 by the way that's left two jobs in League One and League Two to come back to, to Scottish football. It was just, it, 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 he, he might as well have resigned after he'd done that interview, to, to be honest with you. A little bit like Troy Deeney, I don't know if anyone see that. Uh, his oh, interview, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he went through a player um, uh, two weeks into his job. It's just, I mean, stupidity. Aye, it's not. See, see, to be honest with you, the, the Scotsman comes out in many sense of, it was at Morecambe, wasn't it? Morecambe. Yeah, and he's come up here and he says that Mokum provide a better level of player than what Scottish football does. Who does he think he is? Right, let's be honest about it. Who does he think he is? He should be promoting the game at every single opportunity. The English day enough are not going to game down at any given chance that they get. And he's come up and he's all he's obviously gave that interview and he's immediately hit the burners against him. Like he's everybody's chased him since. He's constantly criticised these players. I can't imagine how bad it must have been having a, a manager like that at your work when you're getting in and you're like, he just thinks I'm shite. So, what's, what's the point in trying? The players would have lost application, effort. Um, it was a bit of a weird move for Ross County to get rid of Malky McKay in the first place, to be honest with you, and to bring Derek Adams back. It didn't really make much sense. Um, he's not really... I think he got a wee bit of a budget in January as well. He went out and brought brought in his own players and he's he's away like two two weeks later. So it's a weird thing. I seen Ofra Hull's comment there. They've appointed Don Kerry as their interim manager at the end of the season. They're not going to cause a problem on Wednesday night. I'm probably going to get clipped here if there's a draw or a, a defeat. But I think we're going to dispose of Ross County comfortably on Wednesday night. And so we should. We're Rangers at the end of the day. We should we need to go Wednesday night, take five off them and go tap A League. That's my bare minimum expectations for Wednesday night. Mute. Mute again. Two that's two that's two fines that sorry boys. Um de- de- I only bring the, the Derek Adams one in because um I was thinking after full time against Aberdeen midweek that we would 
that we would hit five or six if he was still still the manager. Um, I still expect us to go there and and and, and uh, sorry, I, Ibrox, I still expect us to hit three or four uh, Wednesday night, even with a new manager. But um, with Adams, I don't know if you see uh, David Martindale's interview uh, full time on Wednesday as well, where he got told that that uh, Derek Adams had been uh, resigned, and he said he was gutted uh, because he could see where that was going. Um, so, you know, more, more so our game, you know, our game Wednesday. Um, do you see anyone else maybe coming into to the starting level? I think everyone that was rested would expect to play. I think the big one now is going to be Matondo or Cortez out on the, the left. Is that to me? Sorry. Yes, Colin. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the I think the back five picks itself. Uh, Butland, Tavernier. Colson, Suter and Yelmaz for me. I think the conversation points do really open up um, and like who partners one some and Cantwell in the midfield and then the front three. Um, I've seen a few comments around the wings. Um, do we play Cortez and Matondo? And Curry's mentioned that there. Let's see how it goes. I think it's so harsh in Ross McCausland if he loses a jersey. I think I think he's done excellent since that he is the only nailed on winner we have right now. So he, as far as I'm concerned, he was rested yesterday and he comes in on he comes in on on Wednesday. Cortez and Matondo's a hard one. Matondo's uh Matondo's probably shown more glimpses in Cortez because he's been here longer. I think Cortez, I would start with him because he's direct. Scotty touched on it at the beginning of the pod. Um, he uses his pace not to run in behind, but to run at players. And that's not something we've had in a winger um, too much and consistently. He gets at them, um, he likes to cut inside, and that brings the field back in. And we know how much we've relied on the field back. So I go with Cortez Mason. Scotty, anyone different for you? I agree with Colin now. I think McCausland has been a little bit, I think some of the, I've seen some of the comments, I think people are expecting him to put in a performance of a, a season pro week in, week out. Um, don't think it was his best night the other night against Aberdeen, by the way. But what he does do, he makes, I mean, he, he's, he, makes, he makes the right decisions for a, a young player. And, and again, it might not always come off, but see if someone's making trying to do the right things nine times out of ten, it's going to lead to something. And uh, I think in terms of right wingers, we have we're not blessed with it's him or Scott Wright uh, because we've seen Matondo again. He's another one that speaks to your opinion. For me, I'm not sold on him. Um, glad to see him score the other night, but you said it earlier that the big one for him was he's just scored. He's got confidence. Can kill the game at two 0 and he's his decision-making and that quality when you really... That, that, that's what I put in with Matondo. So, um, and, and, and someone just put in there, Lawrence must play. Agree with that. Uh, David T, uh, thanks for thanks for Agree with that. Lawrence needs to play as well. So, any anything different from, from, from that side? I think you bring in Lawrence Cantwell in Lundstrom back in. I think when Lundstrom came on the arm night, he immediately started directing play. Started playing the way come on once his team to play is playing direct passing forward. There was Gene up players left, right and centre. Um so they they three for me are a stick on. That's the kind of midfield two and one for me just news. Lawrence from Lawrence and uh, Cantwell. On your point about McCausland, um 
every young player's development there needs to be uh, a time he gets brought out for a couple of matches just to McCausland's went in he's been amazing and I believe if he plays to the end of the season you're looking at least 15 goal involvements for him between goals and assists he's been criticised harshly off the support because he's not getting numbers but what he brings you he brings you direct running he can be a man he can be a threat uh, to go threat his fullback. I think he man's got everything, but I also think while we've got Cortez Matondo taking the right, uh, the left wing, Zach Lovelace is on his way back. And for, for what I understand is, Lovelace isn't keen on signing a contract. His contract's up at the end of the year. Um, he's not keen on signing a new deal. I think we need to bring this boy in and give him minutes and have him be direct competition for McCausland because the half hour we've seen off lovely at uh, St Mon Park was amazing. It was really, really good. He more or less created a goal. He was a direct runner. He was a threat. And just going back to my interview with, with Willie for RFC Youth Updates, he says that when Lovelace first rocked up for training, they'd never seen anybody like him. Like the size of the boy, the way he held the ball, we dribbled everything. It was just head and shoulders above everybody. So for me, that's that's a massive win if we can keep Lovelace. And we need to start promoting more youth players. And I think, my, I think the problem is Scott Wright's not playing anywhere near where we know he can. And I think Lovelace and McCausland are your two. You should go away in a right wing position for the end of the season. Because they're, they're both going to be inconsistent, but they're both, both going to produce as well. And McCausland needs that. Need somebody breathing down his neck a wee bit because I say copies that for me. Um, so I would like to see Mac. I still want McCausland to play, but I would like to see him kind of just get taken out every now and again and treated the way every youth player gets treated when they're coming through into the first team. Yeah, I, I'll go with that. If you said to me that McCausland's going to you know, be the get the starting shirt for the minute and then when Lovelace is fully up, he'll be back up instead of Scott Wright, I'll say all day long, I'll be. More than more than ha- happy with that. Um, last question, gents of the of the, of the night uh, before you give us predictions, um, and I'll ask both Colin. Um, I think I know the answer to both, but the number nine shirt for Wednesday night, uh, three goals puts us top. Who are you going for, Dessers or Silva? Has to be Fabio Silva. It has to be. I don't think the three goals will come for the number nine, but I think. Silva will will link up better with the wingers and number ten, um, whoever they may be. So, it's Silva for me, um, you know, a wee bit harsh in Dessers, um, given the resurgence we've seen under Clement with him, and he's added his numbers speak for itself under Clement. But that we are to have a more rounded team performance, and Silva gives you that. Scotty, same same answer for you. I think I'm right in saying we've got uh, St Johnston away next Sunday, I think, um, where I think Dessers might be a little bit more suited to. But yeah, I'll go Silver as well. I'm going to disagree with two East gents. I think he's going to go with Dessers on Wednesday night purely because it's Philippe come on and it doesn't. We don't know what he's going to do. To be brutally honest, I do think Lawrence. Cantwell and uh, Lundstrom are shoe-ins to play 
the defence will probably line up the same with Redman's Redman coming in at left back. Apparently, maybe see Cortez start, maybe see him coming off the bench. Um, but I do think you're going to see Dessers play on Wednesday night, and I think Silva will probably get half an hour and then brought back in next Sunday because he's he's still getting up with match sharpness. As an odd boy that's not kicked a ball all season, he's still finding his way. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him when he is fully fit. You might even see the, the two of them play. You might even see Silva off the left just to get him minutes. You, you don't know, but I'm I'm going to go for a strong 5-0 Rangers win and a Tav penalty. Tav's going to score. Tav's due a goal. Lovely. He jumped in with a, with a 5-0. Cheers, Scotty. Colin, you go in. You go, where's, what's your thoughts on that? I agree, Tavares, we drew a penalty, didn't we? But uh, what's your prediction for Wednesday night? I'm a fucking just ending half, murdering a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> after, after goal to themselves the last few weeks. Um, I'm going to, I've seen Sharpies put in for nothing to Rangers to have to score the first goal. Um, I'm going to go for 4-1. I'm, I'm gonna go four one. I still I'm no too confident how how we're set up at the back. Um, I think we're very suspect to switch off. So I think we will go four 0 up um, and we've got to be all singing all dancing and then Connor Golson's got to I don't know, just try and pirouette in the eighteen yard line um to bring us all back to the earth. Before that puts us top for for a few days, then it four uh, one. So so I'll take it. But I'll go three three nil. Um, so we're going for we're we're all predicting that we're going to go uh, top of the league, and that's the main thing. But but just just to finish it off, um, I've seen on Twitter uh, last night, um, and I know we've all got our thoughts on on Michael Bill, but uh, some things are just you know bigger than football, and and seeing that his niece Poppy uh, has got cancer, so. Uh, Goes about saying that everyone uh, at the Gallon Field sends sends uh, their best wishes and, and hope she re- recovers well. So uh, <clears throat> I think that we get that 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 in and um, keep keep an eye out on on that. Uh, but that, but that will do us do us, gents. So thanks for the guests and again thanks everyone for your, for your comments. Um, and, and and again, you know, you get the usual suspects and do get so so many. So so sorry if we didn't get to all of them. But we'll be back on Thursday night to. Go over the game uh, where we're hopefully talking about Rangers going top of the league for the first time, I think, in 18 months. So hopefully we can do it. But as always, everyone, take care. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.